Hello and welcome back to the Round Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Will Hunt, and joining me this week, like every week, is the Mosley Marauder, Mr. David Harris. Hi, Will. No complaints about the nickname this week, Mike. We got away with it. And that other person is Sports Media's number one. Number one. Jonathan <laughs> correspondent. It's Mr. Mike Breson. Hello, everyone. Hi, Will. How's it going? Mike! Let's get out of the way. How did he get on? I don't think he did very well again. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think it's another... It's an, uh, well, 7.5 on who scored. Well, that's uh, not bad. Started the game, made a tackle, 12 aerial jewels. <laughs> made a tackle. <laughs> made a tackle. <laughs> he had one total shot. Yeah. Looks like he's actually... It's not an awful... Not an awful game for him, but... I can't wait for him to dig into the highlights and the one shot he missed is like an open goal miss. (laughs) Terrible player. Um, Before we get underway, question for you that was posed um, to me. Uh, Undeniably, if you could only have one thing from the McDonald's menu survive, what would you have survive? Oh, that is a brilliant question. Oh, the fries. Got fucking Churchill the dog. Join us oh, no, hold on, not the fries, the hash browns. Mm-hmm. I'm going for yeah, breakfast. That's a, that is a strong one. And and I can tell you they're good because I had a couple this morning. So uh, I'll, I'd have to go with Big Mac, to be honest. Oh, fuck. Look, I can't say hash browns like Mike and Big Macs are something that... Uh, it's the fries. Donald's, so... It's the fries. The fries are very strong. Yeah. Um, Mike, question... Um, weekly, on an average week, how many times do you go to McDonald's? Uh, weekly. Let me week. Sunday. Get back to you later in the episode. Let me check my statement. I'll I'll do a bit of deep. deep oh God! Would you look I'll at look that? Would you look at that? The most stats you're going to be getting on this podcast. Is that my <laughs> <laughs> Um. Oh, so. Let's go a bit inside baseball for you, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Um, how we do these pods now is we sort of waffle on for the entire week before doing the pod after the Monday, from like Tuesday to Friday, just waffle in our group chat about things we might want to talk about. And then we wait to the weekend to see what's a f- what kind of goes our way that we can talk about. And then we sort of chat about them. Um, now, last week, Dave said... Norwich are shit. Can we talk about how shit Norwich are? And we didn't even have to wait to the weekend really to talk about how bad Norwich are because it feels like every time they turn up to Carrow Road or any other ground, they just get an absolute pasting. Um, long-time listeners to the pub will know that we had a we had an extensive argument when Norwich were last in the league about yeah. how Dave thought they were crap and that they they bottled it and that me and Mike said well. There's a good reason for not spending any money, and um, um, they're just trying to build something sustainable. So I want to kind of revisit that conversation and talk about Norwich and how they've made a start to this Premier League campaign. Dave, has any of Norwich's um, <laughs> results so far changed your opinion on how they approach the top flight? Not really, to be honest. I mean, at least this time they have gone out and bought some players or at least tried to improve the team. They've got some decent enough loan signings, to be fair. Um, I just find it strange. Like, surely 
there's not any Norwich fans that really enjoy them, enjoy seeing them basically get battered for a season to then go back down and boss the next season, rinse and repeat. It just can't be very fun for them, can it? No. No. Mike, have you changed your mind on Norwich now? Yeah, maybe a little bit. It's... <laughs> I pull up who scored um, quite often just before the episodes and, and while we're doing the episodes so I can have a look at the lineups, scores, etc. And uh, it gives you some, some betting tips on the side, which I probably need given the other podcast uh, that we do this every week. Uh, and last week when Dave was having his rant about Norwich uh, pre-pod, it said Norwich have lost the last 15 Premier League matches. It's now obviously says 16. <laughs> It's getting quite hard to defend them. <laughs> it really yeah, is. it's bad. It's bad, isn't it? Yeah. Um. Interestingly enough, I've pulled up the old XG table. Um. They've only beaten um Leicester in terms of XG this season, although they did lose to them. But they've played Liverpool, Man City away, yeah. Leicester, Arsenal, Watford, Everton. Aside from the Watford game, which is a really poor result, how many of those did we actually realistically expect Norwich to to compete in? Uh, We'd yeah. like them to compete in the Leicester game, probably. But they did compete there. They did, to be fair, they were, they were yeah. a bit done over, weren't they, really? So that's fine. You have to do better in the Watford game, obviously. You mentioned you that. and you, you, Everton... I think you should be looking to try and get at least a point out of that. It is a way, but... I think Arsenal, to be honest, when they played Arsenal, they should have... Like, let's be honest, Arsenal were pretty much at the bottom when they played that game. Like, you... They probably were, actually. I know it's... Best game Arsenal could have. Hold on, 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 hold on. I'm all for Arsenal slander. And we are an anti-Arsenal podcast. There is absolutely zero way that in a in a normal season that Norwich should have any inclination of troubling Arsenal, even Mikel Arteta's Arsenal. Come on now, let's not be no, silly. No, I agree. But if you're going into a game against a team that looks totally like a team who had played lost. But they, but think who they played: Chelsea and Man City in two of their first three games. What okay. are they supposed to do there as well? Okay. okay. I mean, compete. well, they did compete. They only lost one nil. Yeah, but the then MG. they got battered by Watford. That's more my concern. Yeah. yeah, but you weren't talking about Watford. The Watford one is a concern. Um, but what what I don't understand, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say say it right now. I don't watch the Championship particularly i think it's a massively overrated league and i think you're all wazzocks who enjoy it there you are no. um, <laughs> i'm only joking but um dave why does it go so wrong because norwich are so good in the championship like the last two times they've got promoted they've they played really well they played really yeah. expansive why does that translate so well in the championship but not to the premier league particularly when you consider that more some teams in recent times have come up and made a good a good fist of it i think to be honest with norwich there's a couple of factors one is that obviously when they're playing in the championship they're used to having a lot of the ball and that's pretty much how they're set up to play remember fark's been there for a while so it's the same manager he's not going to change his philosophy one season in the 
Prem, sorry, well, in the Championship in the hope that they play better in the Prem. And also, I think he knows that if he changes how they play in the Prem, when they go back down to the Championship, that could harm them. But obviously, when they come up to the Prem, they don't have the quality to hold on to the ball that much in most games. So when they're against it, they're, they're trying to be as good as they can off the ball and without the ball. The players don't really know what to do because for the previous 46 games of the season, other than maybe when they played someone like Brentford, they've had all of the ball. And that's just, they, you get a lot more time on the ball in the championship. Norwich have a squad that's full of players, too good for the championship, but not really good enough for the Prem. So in the championship, those players are perfect because they have the time to do what they need to do. Or Norwich can create loads of chances that they miss. In the prem, they're probably creating one or two chances and they may not miss both or the one good chance they make. And they're not getting the time on the ball because the quality of teams you come up against is obviously so much higher. Mm -hmm. So I just think that Fark won't change how they try and play in the prem because he's like... You know, and, and if you've come up, and let's be honest, Norwich the last few times have battered everyone in the championship. If you're coming up playing so well, you'd want to go into the season playing the same because if they're, they're high on confidence. You want to change that, surely, in their defence. Playing devil's advocate, if you will, wouldn't they, if you know that that's going to get you battered in the Premier League... Why wouldn't? Isn't that the point of a manager that even if you've got a style, even if you've got a system, is that you're adaptable to the situations you're in? Yeah, I agree. Except with Fark, I think he's got this weird. He's almost untouchable. Like I don't think the owners expect them to stay up, so the fact that they keep going down doesn't bother them. However, this season they have started so awfully. You've got to question how many more pointless games is it going to be until they do kick him out. You can't like what if they hit twenty games? That that will be what? Is that ten games this season and the last ten of the last season? If you go twenty games at zero points, surely however much Clark's done for them and what however highly they rate him, surely that has to be like talk of the you know, his last game in charge. Yeah. Cause it it's it, it's not like it's not like and again, they haven't played anyone particularly aside from Watford of comparable nature, but they are getting battered by teams. Like, Leicester aside, Arsenal battered them, and then Everton battered them significantly on the XG. I mean, Watford battered them on the XG, and you can't get battered on your XG at home to Watford. That, no. can't, ha- that can't happen. Um, Mike, what do you make of the the step up to the Championship and the style? Is do they what, what do you think they need to do to kind of... I guess not. I don't want to say make it less embarrassing, but to stand a better chance. I uh, I have no idea to be honest because I'm looking at, I'm looking at the, the starting eleven that they put out against Everton. It's it's not good. It's no. really not good. We we've got Ben Gibson who was fine at Burnley. Brandon Williams at left back. Grant Hanley who actually had quite a good game, but. Don't know what he's doing back in the Premier League. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Pookie had a hot streak last time he was in the Prem, but he's a couple of years older again and slower. I, I, I think we know now. We've, I think we know now with Pookie that he's not. He doesn't perhaps do anything 
really well when he's in the Premier yeah. League, and that's a real problem because you look at you look at Brentford for example, and we'll come on to Brentford. You look at Ivan Tony. Even when Ivan Tony's not scoring goals, he's such a unique kind of presence. He's a bit. Him and Mikel Antonio are a bit the same. They're not only are they not only are they strong, but they're really athletic. So they'll go up to win a ball, and then they'll spring back up, and they'll have a good chance of winning the second ball. That kind of player, and it's such a unique kind of it's such a unique like profile that makes it really difficult for you to defend against that. Whereas you look at Puki, and he's so. He's so insistent on Norwich creating chances for him from midfield, and yeah. I mean, you look I just at him. Can't this see season. where they're, they're going to come from. Yeah, yeah. Also, remember they've lost Buendia, their biggest creator yeah. this season. Yeah, that's a good point. That is a good point. Yeah, I, I just look at one to eleven and even their bench, and I just think that every game they go into, they're going to be overmatched. Even even this weekend against Burnley, I think Burnley have got better players than Norwich have. Well, but they do. Ashley West. I mean, I've, I haven't heard of half of these people. <laughs> I really haven't. Yeah. Uh, and and they're not starting Gilmore in this. Which I is there something wrong with him? Or what? I mean, look, look, Billy Gilmore's your best player they've got. But he honestly is their best player, and I don't know. For the love of God, I don't know why Chelsea sent him alone to Norwich. Do not know why. Yeah, it's just not an improver's game at uh, all. Is that? Baffling decision, getting battered every week. But yeah, to, to answer your question, I have no idea how Norwich do this any better. I mean, he tried to play essentially a back five in this game that they still lost two 0 Yeah, yeah. It's it's what we we're kind of talking about last season with Brighton, where they, I mean they can sit back, but then they're not going to create anything. Or you can play your expansive football and you can see six every week. Yeah, but my thing with I'm looking at the underlying numbers; they're not exactly really creating loads and uh, well, I again, think that's going to be the biggest problem they're going to concede goals but I just don't think they're going to score enough yeah. it, I, to be honest you kind of want to yeah. sit I do want to sit here and just again you just sort of like well yeah the only team that you'd expect them to the only one on paper you'd expect them to have won or to at least got points from is Watford and that's true but it's hard to be positive. <laughs> it's just, it's just the manner in how they've gone down against Everton, for example, and the way that you just look at Norwich, you just think, I don't actually. Do you reckon any of the players believe that they belong in this level? No, that's my problem. Side. <laughs> that's my <laughs> problem. I don't think any of their players. They sort of have this mentality like we're in the Premiership, let's try the best we can, but there's no real expectation from any of the players, it feels like. Yeah. And it's it's weird. Like, for example, however bad Pukki or Todd Cantwell are playing, they know that they're probably unless they get injured, they're probably gonna start every game this season. Todd Cantwell was really good last time in the Premier. He was he really good. Really good. He was really good. Um Max Aaron's was interesting too, too but We'll see if they can play a bit better. Mike, have you changed your... Th- like, Dave's obviously... Oh, well, actually, has Dave, obviously. I guess I want to try and revisit that conversation from before because they've obviously bought... but Because they, they bought Rashika, for example, who was, who was a name from the Bundesliga, for example. They bought Lise Malou, who had a good season in um, France. So they've bought players as opposed to mm-hmm. last time where it was a bit less, but... How do you feel about this kind of yo-yo club? Have you changed your mind, yeah. Mike, or are you still thinking that 
try and build it a bit sustainable. I mean, it it's, seems like a smart way to run your football club still, except it just isn't really working. If I'm a Norwich fan, I'm, I'm getting a bit sick of this, I think. You have, a, you yeah. have one amazing season in the Championship, and then you go into the Prem, and you have a pointless season where you go down, probably bottom, and then you have a good season again in the Championship. Where you think, oh, maybe this time we'll uh, we'll do something better in the Premier League, and then you just crap again and you go down again. And it seems <laughs> maybe uh, I'm jumping the gun a bit, but it feels like it's just going to keep going round and round, and they'll never find a way to <laughs> to get to stay up. I mean, you look at the likes of Brentford and Leeds, for example, who've made quite a good fist of it, particularly. Well, both of them, yes. Yeah, so to far. a lesser extent, Sheffield United in their first season. Yeah, true. Yeah, Sheffield United first Burnley, season. Burnley's probably the best example of this, fellas, isn't it? True. Yeah, Burnley. Yeah. Yeah, Burnley's obviously dice. What a champion! But yeah. Because well, no, but Burnley actually are a good example because they they went they came up, they went down. Then took them a while to get back up, and then they came up again under Dyche, and then got relegated. Held on to Dyche, kind of like Norwich have held on to Farg. But when Burnley got back in, they did what they needed to do to stay in the league. And obviously, Sean Dyche performed miracles there and did way better than he had any right to do. Yeah. But now they're an established Premier League club, for as much as certain members of this podcast dislike that. I think but, I think you've got to learn your lessons from the the last time you were in the Prem, and then you come back. You sh- in theory, you should know more. You should know the sorts of players you need, the systems you want to use. And they seem to have just come back and done the same thing again and expected a different result. Yeah. Dave, I'm, I might be being unfair with this comparison, but stick mm-hmm. with me. Um, I, My memory of Blues in the Premier League is that they went down, they came up, they went down, they came yeah. up. And eventually, it gets difficult to come back up. And it, it almost feels like you missed a chance to establish yourself. And you you had so many bites at the cherry, but you never took a big enough bite. Is, am I being harsh? Is that what uh, Norwich are in danger of? Well, I think Norwich pretty much... Uh, in fact, I'd compare Norwich more to West Brom. Just because when Blues were up, we did sort of stay up for a couple of seasons, most times of them once. Um, let you get it in. No, but it's more in terms of yo-yoing. Like, let's no, be honest, no, West Brom, most times they're ever in the Prem. It's one or two seasons at best. Um, I think it's I think it's damaging for a number of reasons. For example, Norwich obviously had Buendia taken off them, Jamal Lewis. All that happens is you have players prove that they are maybe good enough for the Prem in a team that isn't good enough. And then you just keep losing your best players anyway. So. It's like you're coming up and you're not even really developing because if someone put like showcases themselves as being good, there's no way you can hold on to them. Secondly, like Mike says, the fans must be getting sick of it. There's got to be a time at some point in the near future where the fans, if not the board, decide that they want something different. Like, Or at least the fans put pressure on the club for what, to be honest, will be the first time whilst Fark's been in charge. I just think it's damaging the club as a whole because all it would take is Norwich to go down and have a bad season in the championship. I don't know if they necessarily would come back up. And remember Norwich last time they were in the Prem back in the day, they ended up being League One for a while. Yeah. 
So there's no saying that Norwich would be okay here, just because recently they keep getting out of the championship again. Yeah, it's interesting to me because I can see it both ways. Like you, you got you've you've got to be really careful with with trying to stay in the Premier League at all costs. Yeah, that is true. We, we should make it clear that because it's yeah, good, it is a good way to run your club sustainably. Yeah, it just feels to me like and. Obviously, getting the Premier League money every two years is huge for Norwich. And some fans might turn around and say, yeah, crap for you. But then we, we batter people every week. And have, how fucking amazing is that? Uh, so some fans might say that. But part of me thinks to yourself, well, you know what's better for you? know what's better for your club is when you've got Premier League money every season. And not whether or not Norwich can do that. But it, there's, just, there's just something about the way that it, it's all sort of like... It's sort of like happening again, and you kind of like it's like when Fulham came up last time, and I'm like, I'm like, no one believes in you. Like, it yeah. just feels a bit like it feels a bit like you've come up, and what's the point, lads? Like, at least fight for it. Not fight for it because I'm not denying their commitment, but at least like, at least give yourselves a chance. You know what I mean? But I don't know. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, I wonder if Farker's kind of frustrated. I feel like he hasn't got, I don't know, like he hasn't got the tools to to stay up. Yeah. I mean, on paper, uh, they've got, I think they've got comfortably the worst squad in the division. Well, look at, look at it now, I think that's, yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. Billy Gilmore aside. Comfortably the worst. Yeah. Um. Anyway, well, speaking of giving yourself a chance, what a segue. Um... I want to talk about Brentford, particularly mm-hmm. how well they've actually started the season. And I want to ask a question to the uh, the championship watchers. That's you, you Dave, and, and you, Michael. Yeah. Um, oh, Brentford. Uh, so what I've been told about Brentford for years is two things I've been told about them. They play good football. Mm-hmm. And they buy really well and they do the yeah. whole money ball thing. Okay. Now, can someone explain to me why Brentford have turned into a re a what seems to be a good defensively long ball team and have it be en- both entertaining and work? <laughs> because we're talking about changing styles. I feel like they're quite a bit different. Yeah, I think I think they've taken the approach that Norwich should be taking, which is you're used to having loads of the ball and they obviously recognise... Obviously, they have some good players. They're proving that they're good players, even at this level. But can Brentford go toe-to-toe in most teams in terms of keeping the ball like they do in the Championship? Probably not. And when you've got players like Tony, like you say, so powerful, and you've got like Mbwemo, who's just he's just quick... You can make those sort of changes that work for you as a team. Um, I think they've been fantastic. I know pre-season I had reservations about them because I thought they might try and play exactly how they do in the Championship. But fair play to Thomas Frank. He seems to have used the strengths of this squad in a way of making them the best they can be in the Premier League. And they've been fantastic. I don't think... Can't think of a Brentford game so far where they haven't looked genuinely good. Even well, they when they lost to, uh, was it Brighton they lost to? They still yeah. looked good in that game. Well, here's here's your here's your stat for you, Dave. Um, in every single game they've played this season, and that's bear in mind that they've played Arsenal, Palace, Villa, Liverpool. Brighton, Liverpool, and Wolverhampton Wanderers. They've won the XG. 
The only bad result they've Impressive. had, the only bad result they've had, was losing one nil at home to Brighton, and they beat Brighton on the XG. Brighton, Brighton score with zero point three XG, which is like when you consider where we were last year with Brighton. It's, it's just wild, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? Um, but yeah, like they've been really good, and Ivan Tony, like you sort of like, I was expecting. Because I saw a bit of him last year in the championship, and I, I thought he was a good player. I was expecting, I was expecting I were going to see a, a goal scorer, but his all-around game, I think, because you, you watch the championship sometimes, and you watch players, and you think to yourself, they look really good, but you have to take an account in your head kind of what they're playing against like I remember going to see John Terry playing for the Villa thinking oh my god he looks like he could play for another 10 years and then you realise he's playing against um, what was it called Adam Reach or something no I don't know why I've taken a shot at Adam Reach but there you are but you watch, so I watch Tony and I'm sort of like thinking to myself oh okay and then you're watching the opening day against Arsenal and you think to yourself I mean any of us could overpower Arsenal's defence but then you watched him against Van Dijk and Matip two absolute bruisers like proper players and he gave them a torrid time lad he gave them just a real a real pasting um, they're so good to watch I'm, I'm a big fan I like Brentford I was I thought they'd do pretty well pre-season I'm glad they're kind of living up to at least some sort of expectation and yeah I I look at the squad I just think they're yeah if you, you compare that to the Norwich squad they've got a goal scorer in Tony and Buemo as Dave said I really like him I'd like he's him to a put, good player. I'd like him to put away a few more chances if I yeah that that would be nice wouldn't it <laughs> oh, I hope he's not like an Adama Traore sort of character <laughs> oh god uh but yeah I think I think they have adapted a little bit uh, to life in the Premier League, and so far it's working. Again, it'll be interesting to see when uh, when the teams work them out, because that is going to happen mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, if they can adapt again. But so far, so good. Yeah, it's it's good to see. Well done, Brentford and Thomas Frank. Yeah. So it's just, it's just Dave. Did you expect it? Did you expect them to sort of adapt this well? No. I was worried. I was worried that basically they would try and play exactly how they do in the championship. Would find out pretty harshly that 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 wouldn't work, and then maybe the second half of the season or after the first ten games, for example, it becomes a little bit of a recovery job and adapting. But fair play, they've they've looked to adapt straight away, and it seems to be working. But I obviously was a bit worried that in the way that Norwich do, they'd make no effort to change yeah. around the strengths of the other teams and recognise their own ability really and what they can be now focus on being good at for this level. Yeah, they haven't got they haven't got the grey I mean, in the next the next couple are they've got West Ham away, then they've got Chelsea, then they've got Leicester, but then they've got Burnley, Norwich and Newcastle. So if if they keep playing the way they are and picking up the points they should be doing, I mean they could be comfortably comfortably safe and then when you think about that you think about Brentford in terms of being one of these teams that could they set up and last for a while as we've already touched on the recruitment in the past has been really good and you give them a bit more money what could Mm -hmm. they do could they do something nice I mean they never I mean there's limitations I think on a club of that size and I don't mean that in in a snarky way but there are limitations but they really could establish themselves here but it's nice to see and when you contrast it with Norwich. Fuck. Yeah. yeah. Right. 
Next on, speaking of Brighton. <laughs> That's what a terrible segue. Next on our document from Michael Breslin is our Southampton, the new Brighton. Now, Mike, I'm going to need you to clarify this. When you say the new Brighton, do you mean playing well and not getting the results? Or yeah, Dave that's Hayes? what I mean, yeah. Okay, so not Dave Hayes. Southampton. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's another coastal club that Dave's going to call for sacking the manager. Here we go. Yeah, what do you rate Ralph, Dave? I do rate him. But I, I rate him. I'm just not sure 100% what's going on. But I don't think Southampton's issues are necessarily all on the pitch. No. That's, in- that's interesting. Go on, Dave. Well, if you look at their owners in the last few years, they haven't particularly invested. And if, if you look at Ralph, surely if there's a manager you're going to invest in, he's proven it. They didn't offer Danny Ings the money that he wanted, which, to be honest, given he'd been their talisman for the two seasons he was there, you'd think they'd at least be doing everything in their power to try and keep him, which, I mean, maybe they did, but from what's been in the media, doesn't seem like they particularly tried to keep him around. And then they signed Adam Armstrong, who's fine, but it's another player coming from the Championship who's going to take time to adapt. Who it's drove Vestergaard. up the bend at the weekend, their Adam team. Armstrong did. Their team... <laughs> If, is is bad. Their team is bad. Bad. Their team is bad. Go on, expand expand on that because I don't think their team's bad. Because you've got, I mean, obviously James Will Prowse's quality. Baller. Um, I actually really like that Livramento they've signed from Chelsea. I do too. He looks really good. Um. Shay Adams, like for example, is inconsistent as much as I like him because he used to play for Blues. Uh, you look at the rest of the team, like Nathan Redmond's class for about six six to eight games a season. Then they've got players like Gineppo, who, to be honest, never looked particularly great. Uh, Stuart Armstrong can be good, but much like Redmond, if he's not good, then he's, he's really bad. <laughs> um, they lost... Bertrand, for example, who had been staple for them at the back. If you just look at their team, like there's just really not much depth there. And even the first 11 isn't particularly great. No. I, I mean, I, I tip Southampton to go down. Um, but Kyle Walker-Peters is a good player. Yeah, he well. is. I just wanted to give him his flowers. But you, you are right. It's not the world's strongest squad. Um, but, Mike, why... Why do you? Why have you got them as the new Brighton? What, what's kind of prompted that? Talk me through it. No, I just feel like I, I think they're going to be they're going to be down there scrapping this year because they they're going to struggle to score. I, I think that's. Uh, and I, I don't think that'll necessarily be because they're playing terribly. In this game, the uh, expected goals are about equal. Southampton uh, eighteen shots to five for Wolves. I've got it as dead on actually. Yeah, I've got it dead on as well. I just <laughs> uh, so yeah, pretty pretty close as far as that goes. You lose that one nil, um, and to be fair, Jimenez, I mean, in, in my eyes, probably should have had two of them, two goals. Yeah, they yeah, should have um, done. Yeah, you, you get a draw at Man City. That's that's a really good result. Uh, they soaked up the pressure quite well there. I think they're they're a bit different to Brighton in that they're they're better without the ball, but yeah, it kind of feels like they're going to play fairly well maybe not get a huge amount of reward because uh, they're going to struggle to put it in the net although I do like Adam Armstrong 
for example, a game against Newcastle the other week, uh, they drew two all. 1.19 for Newcastle, 3.46 to Southampton. These are these are exactly the sort of things we associate with Brighton last year. Yeah. Um, I don't, some of the other games don't necessarily bear it out yet, but I think that could be something to watch out for. Again, teams they've played, I mean, they've played United and City and got good results, but they lost to Everton and they, they've not got the... They've got a slot, I think probably they've got Watford and Norwich coming up and Burnley too, so let's see what they do there. I, I don't think they're quite as good as Brighton were last year. Um, I... I don't. No, no, I don't think they're not. particularly good. Uh, the goals is a massive worry because Che Adams couldn't hit a, a like. You could give him a bazooka and stand him in front of a cow and tell him to shoot the cow and he'd miss. Honestly, he's just he he couldn't hit a barn door with a fridge. He's 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 terrible. I'm. I, I almost texted you, Dave, at the weekend to be like, I was like, did Che? Is this Che Adams? Because I think he's probably a good player, but. I, Honestly, JFK would still be alive, Dave. Honestly. For what it's worth, he only had one good season at being a goal scorer at Blees and we managed to just get a big bid for him. Yeah. But it is it is odd when you consider that Danny Ings Danny Ings scored an obscene Most of their goals. An obscene amount of goals for them. And Adam Armstrong, I mean, I'm sure he's a good player, but there's just something about that front two when they lined up. At, uh, when I, w- I watched them at the weekend, they weren't clicking, and it is early in their partnership, but Armstrong seemed to spend a lot of time out on the left in a deep position, and it, they didn't seem to really... They didn't seem to... Like, I can't think of a, da- a single dangerous moment the two of them had together. I mean, Redmond was playing well again, as usual, and they had... Yeah. And the, mid- and the midfield's fine, but they're just... I don't think they're a very good team, to be honest. Whereas last year, when it came to Brighton, I actually thought Brighton were a good team. Yeah. Like, you watched. I watched Brighton play, and I was like, I was like, oh god, they're a good team. They just can't put the ball in the back of the net. Whereas I think the difference with Southampton is they can't put the ball in the back of the net. But I'm not sure how good they actually are. Yeah, that could be true. <clears throat> it'll be yeah, like you said, it'll be interesting to see what they do in the next four or five games in the league. We can yep. maybe revisit. Well, they're winning their next game because it's Chelsea. <laughs> I've slated them. So there you are. That's written in the stars, isn't it? Yeah, that is. Uh, quickly while we're on this game, Raul Jimenez. Great to see him back in the goals and what a goal it was, by the way. Yeah. yeah. A lovely goal. Um, while we are on the subject of this game, I had the misfortune of watching it as I completed my isolation. It is the single worst game of football I've seen this season. Um, n- none of the teams could pass. Like It, it just was a terrible performance. From, it was just a bad game. It was weird. It was so weird. It was just a bad game. Anyway, let's move on because we have got more um, games to talk about. Because believe it or not, lads, um, most people would have tuned into this pod not expecting us to start with Norwich, Brentford and Southampton. This is how you keep them listening. <laughs> this is how you keep the listeners. You keep them late. Um, should we talk about the North London derby? Yeah. Oh, God. What do we think of Tottenham? <laughs> <laughs> wow, everyone knows shit. the channel. Great. Fucking shit. How can how can you go into a game with Deli Ali and Ndombele in the same midfield and expect to get anything? He did it against Chelsea last week. To be fair to him, and that went well. Too. Yeah, and that went well, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Uh, it was bad. Really, really bad. 
does someone want to say something nice about Arsenal because they did play well? Arsenal, yeah, Arsenal were really efficient with the ball. I found. They what actually, impressed you most about Arsenal, Dave? I think it was. I thought their attack was quite free flowing, which, to be honest, for Arsenal, especially in the last season or so, is, hasn't really been something you can associate with them. I thought. I thought they were just dangerous. They just always had people in space. They were moving the ball very quickly. Yeah, it was. I'm not going to say Arsenal of old because I don't think they are that good. But they, it was more what you associate with Arsenal. They, they attacked really well, and their their passing was superb. Some nice stuff. Starting to get people back fit, which is quite interesting. I thought I thought Partey played really well. Um, he did play really well in the middle. Yeah, um, he was I, good. Saka and Smith were excellent, excellent. They mm-hmm. were, yeah, yeah, they were. Um, I did want to ask the two of you about Arsenal's defence, um, yeah. particularly with the fact, like, some big calls the last couple of weeks. Obviously, Tomiyasu is has come in and right back and has looked pretty good. But yeah. we talked about, I think it was the aftermath of the Chelsea game where we were talking about this idea that when Tierney went forward, um, and the right back went forward as well. They were just getting walloped on the counter attack because there was no balance. But I quite like the way. What I quite like is the way that they almost at times shift into a back three when Tierney yeah. goes, and they've got Tommy Arsa, who has been a centre half in the past, sort of playing there. And then you end up with Ben White in the middle, and Jack is not quite at left back. Because whenever I see Jack at left back, it terrifies me. But I quite like that, and I, I do think that's. That seems to be working for them, and it's it's good by Arteta to be honest. Because I know at the end of August I thought he was done, and I know it was harsh to say that that early on, but it was the way they were losing rather than who they were losing to. Yeah, they were losing games like Spurs lost this game. Yes, yes, they did. And then, and that's when you think, uh, yeah, other other players playing for him. But I think having a player like Tommy Asser at right back. As you say, he played centre back. He's comfortable tucking in when Tierney goes, and you want to use Tierney. You want to let Tierney go because he's good going forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you uh, do, and that definitely works. And having the uh, and having Party and Jacka together works nicely as well. I did want to say on Jacka, his uh, screen of whoever it was, Hoiberg, for one of the goals where they broke through when Ramsdale's pass was short. Mm-hmm. That was huge because yeah. if uh, if he doesn't make that, yeah. Spurs probably score, and then the, the whole complexion of the game is different. But yeah, well, the Ramsdale thing is a bit weird, isn't it? Mm. Because uh, I'm not sure what's going on. He's uh, he's he's not the world's greatest keeper. He's still very young. I mean, that's worth saying, but. I've always thought Leno was a. Leno reminds me a lot of Larice in that he'll be a good keeper for eight games, and then for those two games he'll have a complete brain fart. Yeah. You know what I mean? It strikes me as that kind of breeder keeper, but he is a good keeper, so it's a brave call from Arteta, particularly when you're under all that scrutiny to drop him for a guy who's got back-to-back relegations on his CV. Yeah. They seem to think that Ramsdale's really good at communicating, but I really think he should have saved that son that son shot. Mm. Once mm. once you get a hand to that, I think you should do better than than what he did. That's your job. That's my, that is your job. <laughs> I mean, we, we call him a good shot stopper, but that's his job. <laughs> um, yeah, I think he's a decent keeper, though Ramsdale. I think he's decent. Yeah, I just 
quickly on Ben White as well, because you derbies are all about winning your individual duels, aren't they? Um, and he managed Harry Kane really effectively, I thought. Yeah. Uh, it's not hard at the moment, is it? But yes, he did. Mm-hmm. Um, no, he did, he did do well. Sorry, I, I'm, I need to be nice to Arsenal. So we're going to come on to Spurs, who could have all won Wazak of the Week, but Wazak of the Week is actually Graham Souness for the quote, all these tactic and formations, the best tactic you could have in your locker is to be first to the ball. Yeah, <laughs> believe it's about that. That is sensational. <laughs> I was like, I was like, Souness, you're, you're perfect. Um... So, um, that is sensational. We'll do, um, we'll talk about Spurs now. I'm gonna start. Um, it's one of the most lifeless, cowardly performances I think I've seen by a club in a derby. Yeah, that opening, that opening 20 minutes were a disgrace, and I wouldn't have let Nuno out for the second half. They are. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have let him sign the contract in the first place, but here we are. No, and I, I do want to stick on the game for now, but I do want to come back to that. Right. Everyone watched the same game last week against Chelsea that I watched. Yeah. Everyone watched that that's that Tottenham team, that almost that exact Tottenham team, press Chelsea to within an inch of their life, and Chelsea coped fine because... They're a good side, yeah, but good. I'm looking at I'm looking at Arsenal, and I'm like, no offense, Arsenal. Good, I, I think I think you're perfectly fine. I don't think you're as good as yesterday showed, and I don't think Spurs are as bad as yesterday showed. But what I do want, what I do can't fathom for the life of me is since Arteta has been involved, and before then with Emery, they've had problems playing the ball out the back, right? They've had problems yeah. receiving the ball in midfield, and you even saw it with Ramsdale in that in that one where Xhaka did really well. That's not yeah. perfect playing the ball at the back. You're going to sit off them. Yeah, almost had this tactic work yesterday. Why is he? Like, what are you on? Like, what are they smoking over there? Why are like what? Like, did, uh, did either of you watch uh, Jermaine oh. Genus's analysis on uh, Match of the Day too? No, I tried. No, but I, 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 no, I me too. But it was, he was positive about them, was he? No, no, he wasn't. It was actually spot on. He was, he was drawing essentially just squares in the middle of the pitch where you'd expect one or two of Ndombele, Hoiberg, and Ali to be. They were just nowhere. So as Will says, Xhaka and Party just had a field day in there, picking up the ball and passing it on. Yeah. Um, and then Sanchez is picking the ball up off Lloris or Dyer. And, the, and those three in the middle are running away. They're not even looking for yeah. the ball. They don't want to come deep for it. It was like they didn't want the ball. It was awful. Pathetic. But I, I, I can't for the life of me under... Uh, under I, uh, perhaps, perhaps the idea was that if you if you squeeze up on them, you're going to leave space in behind for for Aubameyang to exploit. Be bold. Be brave. Like, what, what's the, the motto of Tottenham is to dare is to do. Play like Tottenham should play. Push up on them. Fight your way in. You, if, I tell you what, if you lose 1-0, if you lose 1-0 being proactive and aggressive, your fans will not give two shits. Yeah, but If you'd have the, lost this game 3-1 in that manner, people yeah, should have accepted that a bit more. Like, like But this is, just, this is just Spurs not knowing who they want to be all over again. I mean, one of the journalists afterwards, after the game, was like, oh, well, this is the legacy of Mourinho. I'm like, you can't keep blaming Jose Mourinho for this. Like, this is Spurs not having a coherent succession plan for Pochettino. Chasing a win-now thing with Mourinho and then decide, then 
bungling the selection process that they end up with Nuno, who is who is Jose Mourinho's regressive tackle. All the worst parts about Mourinho with none of the winning. And this and you just watch it yesterday and you were like it was embarrassing. Like I was embarrassed to what no one hates no one hates Spurs more than me and I was I was just like I was like I can't I can't watch this anymore. Like ah just he was just so cowardly. And and Dombele, like I'm sure he's a, he's an, he's like an excellent player and he is technically very gifted, but show for the ball. Run hard. It's a derby. Those are the minimum requirements. And Deli Ali, like Deli Ali was the same. Deli Ali, like, he's just an absolute fraud. There's no point to him. Yeah, he's finished, man. He's he's woeful. That, that uh, just a quick positive. That Gill looks a good player. Brought, is it yeah, Brian Gill? Gill does look good. No, I just think Oliver Skip's an okay midfielder as two, two for what it's worth. Well, I'd have played Oliver Skip because he would have actually um, given some he information. Might have run a bit. I, for, I think Hoiberg's a good player too. And I think he's woefully miscast asking to be the water carrier for that, that midfield three. Yeah. Well, anyone apart from maybe Kante would be lost in there. Oh no, even Kante would be lost there because he's having you have to do three men's jobs. And then, like, it, in that situation... If if I'm if I'm looking at you and I'm thinking, well, you're a good player, so go and win us the game. That's what I'm thinking about in Dombele. I'm thinking, well, you you've got that in your locker, go and win us the game, and I'll cover for you. But you've got Deli Ali on the other side, and I don't know what Nuno's doing with Deli Ali. What is Deli Ali's role in this team? What is he there know. to do? I don't know because this isn't where his good form came before, is it? This position. No, he was a number ten. He, in fact, he was he was he wasn't even a number of ten. He was practically a nine and a half. He was like a second striker. He wasn't really a midfield. Yeah, pretty much. <sighs> I don't know what Deli Ali's doing there. Yeah, it's it's exhausting watching Spurs and Mike. Uh, the the blame has to go beyond Nuno and it has to like leave his feet, doesn't it? Really? Uh, yeah. When we were talking about that, he had no succession plan to Pochettino, and that. He, he didn't seem to realise that it wasn't Daniel Levy being a genius that got Spurs to where they were. <laughs> it was Pochettino. <laughs> yeah. So you lose him and it all falls apart, unsurprisingly. And here we are. Well, it also all, it all with, fell with apart. two of the least Tottenham appointments I've ever seen Yeah. in a row. I mean, compared to last week... Like Chelsea, Chelsea well, Chelsea beat them well in the second half. Tottenham were good in the first half. Yeah, at least and, you came out with some credit there because yeah, that first half. And all, all the, all the post-match about Tottenham, Tottenham Chelsea was that Tuchel had done really well in switching it. That was it. But everyone sort of was like, well, it didn't work out for Tottenham. You're not expecting it to work out for Tottenham. This is the North London derby, and you just sat off and you didn't play with any aggression. Like aggression is a bare minimum. Not to sound like a passion merchant, but it's a bare minimum in a derby. But going back to Daniel Levy, like we talk about Daniel Levy buggering up the manager search, and he did. But it's like that coward. It's that cowardice again. I, I sorry to use that word, but when they, when Spurs were the best team in England, and let's be honest, in the, Chelsea won the league and Leicester won the league, but Spurs across those two seasons were the most consistent team in England, and they needed a they needed like one or two like absolute go for it additions, and they might have won a title for the first time in what sixty years or whatever. And yeah, Daniel Levy, and Daniel Levy doesn't do it. Daniel yeah. Levy doesn't do it. He doesn't do it. Yeah, like that is just that. 
that shit, honestly, it's cowardice. And then this summer, when they could have blown it up, got some money for Kane, rebuilt, done the brave thing again like they did with Pochettino, hired someone young and exciting, tried to rebuild. What did they do? They chased win now with Wolves ex-coach. With Wolverhampton Wanderers ex-coach. Oh, and a squad just... that's not good enough to win now. Yeah, look, you've made me feel sorry for Spurs. Like, come on. <sighs> no, Spurs stink. Maybe it wasn't all Mourinho. Anyway. No, but it was partially. It was partially, absolutely. Um, yeah. One more game this weekend. Shall we quickly talk about City-Chelsea? Yeah. City are good. Yeah, that's what I took away from this one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh, City are really good. Chelsea are pretty good. Yeah. Maybe not I, quite as good. <laughs> I thought, I thought, I thought to me in this one that I thought Chelsea were well b- below their best, but I thought that was mainly because City were pretty much flawless in absolutely every area of the pitch, and I was sort of there watching this performance. I thought to myself, why does Guardiola ever do anything different in big games? Yeah, um, I, don't, I really don't know why. There seemed, and then there was there was this narrative coming out of it that Chelsea were negative, kind of like when Conte went to the Etihad in 2018, but. I think what happened here is Chelsea went in with a game plan, which was we're going to be solid at the back, but we're not going to concede the midfield. We're going to play three in the midfield and we're going to play Werner and Lukaku up front, which is, let's be honest, it's a good strike force for any other team in the country. And then I think what happened was Bernardo Silva, Gabriel Jesus just showed why they've won as many things as they won because they were flawless in pressing Every aspect. Chelsea never had a moment to breathe. And as a result of that, it made the it made the tactics from Tuchel look way more negative than I actually think he was intending them to be. But they are. Probably, yeah. And I, and I think this week you're playing against such a better team that even if you try and change it, it's going to be tough to, uh, yeah. to stop them. Yeah, City were, City were very good. Pepper... Maybe finally worked out how to play against Tuchel because his record hasn't been very good uh, no. in the past. Obviously, Champions League final, etc. Um, but yeah, City were fantastic all, to a man all over the pitch, and that's that's kind of what you need to be to beat this Chelsea these days. Yeah, well, they they were they were superb. I mean, it, it would have been it would have been interesting to see. Um, I think Chelsea, the one thing Chelsea would turn around and think that maybe next time we better is they hope that they'll have found it easier to play out from the back if Ben Chilwell's playing instead of Marcus Alonso particularly when Chelsea's biggest um, biggest win tactics wise over City in the last three games was the Chilwell mount connection on the left and both of them didn't play in this one so be interesting to see with the reverse fixture at the Etihad but it's September guys let's chill out yeah is uh, Mount injured is, is that yeah he's injured yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's knackered from carrying Chelsea on his back for two years. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, really good from City, and they probably... um. They're just so scary. Yeah, they've well, they've ignited their title charge, to be honest, because it's not started really well. And all th- this showed you how good they are in, in games against the big teams still. The problem with City, and it's going to be the problem with City all season, and you saw it in this game as well, they just miss a catalogue of chances. Yeah. An absolute catalogue of chances. Like, Mendy's a good goalkeeper, but he shouldn't have had a chance with some of these other ones. I 
I'd like to think they're, they're saving themselves. Well, I, I don't think I'd like to think this, but <laughs> may, maybe they've saved themselves for Haaland. They've, they've decided, yeah, Kane's not worth it, so we'll go for Haaland yeah. in the summer. And then, if that's the case, scrap it. Yeah, Scrap everything. Bring yeah. back the Super League. Let me tell yeah, you. absolutely. Send them <laughs> to the Super League, for God's sake. Yeah. Um, Dave, have you, uh, you got a stat of the week? Uh, I actually haven't, well, to be you honest. You haven't got a stat of the week? Yeah, because when was the last time we did stat of the week? When was the last time you brought the stat of the week, Dave? Well, clearly not this week. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that'll do us, actually, for this week anyway. Um, Dave, if the people want to follow you, where can they follow you? Uh, at Dave Harris underscore 44. Yeah, and that's at Dave Harris underscore 44 for any Norwich fans that perhaps want a word with him. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, let's be honest, Bournemouth fans, they're still looking for him. Uh, anyhow's got shooters out here, Dave. Um, Mike, if the people want to follow you to find out more about Joel Linton's tackle and on the football pitch, not off a football pitch, where can they do that? <laughs> yeah, he's going fishing. Uh, it's at Mikey Breslin on Twitter. <laughs> he's going fishing. Well saved, Mike, well saved. Yes. And you can follow me at Word17, but please don't please don't follow us at Pod on all the socials, including um, Vivo. Um, Mike, betting pod update. How are you getting on? Not the best week for us this week again. What a shock! What a yeah. shock! Yeah, uh, one out of four for each of us. So, so yeah, not too. One good. out of four, twenty-five percent. And in their defence, is better than none. It is better than none. Good point, Thanks, Dave. Dave. Always, we always did a donut up this side. week, so that's good. Anyone better than the Dons? Uh, I don't think I actually did this week. Uh, I did not. Let me just have a look if I should have. <laughs> One of my favourite recurring bits is the two of you continuing. The MK Dons. Oh, they won again. <laughs> They're actually quite good. Well, <laughs> if any MK Dons fans are listening, unlikely. Uh, if you start to lose, Mike Bresen has started to back you. Has <laughs> started so, yeah. Please, <laughs> That's how you'll know. Telling him to stop. <laughs> yeah, that's how you'll know. Um And... You can, uh... That's why Ipswich fans don't like me anymore. <laughs> Every time I back Ipswich, they freaking lose. Yeah, well, they might be happier now we've been a bit negative about Norwich. That's true. Good point. Um, if you want to listen to the betting pod, it's on this feed every Thursday, every Friday. Friday, Fr- yeah, yeah, yeah. Friday, Friday, yes, yes. The day sort of blur into one. Um, really big night of Champions League this week. Um, we will be coming to you live on Twitch. One of the days. One of the days. I think it will be Tuesday. I remember the fixtures, but yeah, one of the days. Bringing this on. Wait, as in tomorrow? As in tomorrow, me and Mike will be live watching Paris Saint Germain versus oh, Man lad. City. I've got my. I've got my. Wednesday. Juve Chelsea. Yeah, unfortunately, this this Tuesday is actually my parents' anniversary. Oh, look at this. Look at this, ladies and gentlemen. He's getting out of there. Hurley doors. I'm not. I can, send you, I can send you a picture from the table, well, if you would like. <laughs> Sensational. Please do. In that case, change we'll that out. ladies and gentlemen. We will see you on Wednesday, the 29th of September, live on twitch.tv to watch slash in and around pod slash in and around pod thanks Mike (laughs) to watch Juventus Chelsea and Manchester United Villarreal and all the goals and all the goals I'll be watching Juventus Chelsea but I have nothing to add except for the occasional (laughs) I will not be watching Man United Villarreal I'll tell you that for free (laughs) no Morata though which is a real shame 
throw up that would have been fun no Dybala too but it'll be interesting to see who plays um, until next week um, sayonara isn't that what we say it is indeed sayonara everybody cheers oh you've ruined that wow <laughs>